Houston, we have a podcast. Welcome to the official podcast of the NASA Johnson Space Center. I'm Gary Jordan, and I'll be your host today. So before we cross into the new year and witness the spectacle of thousands of fireworks launching everywhere, for episode 25, we're talking about rockets, specifically a special rocket that's, well, on a rocket. So today we're talking about launch abort systems with Wahab al-Shaheen. He's a guidance, navigation, and control engineer here at the NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. And we had a great discussion about what a launch abort system is, how it works, a little bit of history, and why they're necessary to send humans into space. So with no further delay, let's go light speed and jump right ahead to our talk with Mr. Wahab al-Shaheen. Enjoy. T-minus five seconds and counting. But uh, Wahab, it's actually it's it's really good to see you, and thanks for coming on the podcast today for taking the time to yeah, do this. Of course, this is an interesting topic because it's sort of you know we've been talking a lot about a, a lot of big things, right? We talked you know, the, the International Space Station. We talked about space food, landing for these big concepts. But this is sort of a, it is a big concept, but it's kind of like you know if you're looking at a rocket. You're looking at the tippy tippy top of a rocket. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what we're, what this is, right? This is about um, I titled this a rocket on a rocket. Is that a fair way to say it? That so when okay. you when you told me that you mentioned or you, you were trying to call it a rocket on a rocket, I thought about that, and then I thought about the specifications for what this thing actually does. Yeah. It's thirty feet tall. It produces four hundred thousand pounds plus of thrust. Whoa! That that is basically you at that point. Yes, that is a rocket <laughs> that is sitting on top of an even larger rocket. Um, yeah, so certainly that's a fair assessment. Oh yeah. wow! All yeah. right. Yeah, I didn't think. I guess I, I was like, it, it kind of is, right? Because the whole point of this is it's called a launch abort system, correct? So that's right. If if a rocket is launching and something goes wrong, there is another rocket on top of it that can safely get our crew members away. That's correct. Is that kind of the the overall concept of why this is what it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So with regards to the capability, yeah, it is the, the primary purpose is to separate the crew module from the launch vehicle that may or may not be having a problem. Um, so whether or not you use a tower or you have built-in engines, like some of our private partners like SpaceX and Boeing have built-in engines as opposed to a tower, oh, okay. um, that's up to the design uh, engineers. But um, form, first and foremost, it's separating the crew from the failing launch vehicle. That's the primary purpose. Awesome. So that's, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of the overarching, you know, what is the purpose of this? That's That's, right. that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. So... Like you said, what was that number you said at the very beginning? How many pounds of thrust? So for the Orion launch abort system, okay. the abort motor that separates that crew module from the um, launch vehicle generates about 400,000 pounds of thrust. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it <laughs> so is, a lot. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What, compared to, um, I mean, when you think about it, you're talking about, it's called aborting a launch, right? So really you're escaping right. from a speeding rocket. That's right. Right? So what what, what kinds of... What, that's the energy that really has to go into that. So how, how does that happen? Yeah, so uh, again, so I, I work on the Orion launch abort system, so okay. I'm speaking from what we're doing on that on that project. But okay. like I said, there are different kinds of launch abort systems, and people do things differently. Um, but in general, you have to be able to provide capability to separate from the rocket all the way from when it's on the pad, essentially prior to launching, mm -hmm. up to prior to going into orbit. So that design space is zero feet in altitude to 300,000 feet in altitude 
and traveling at zero miles per hour to seven times the speed of sound. Whoa. So you're, a single system has to be capable and robust enough to provide abort capability throughout that entire sp- throughout that entire spectrum. Okay. Um, so you can imagine, yeah, you have to have enough thrust capability to separate when you're not moving, but also when the vehicle is traveling at thousands of miles per hour. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. But there's like, okay, so you said, you kind of hinted at this. There's there's different types, right? And so for you specifically, you're working on Orion. That's right. And I can't believe it, but up until this point, we actually haven't had a podcast that's just the overall concept of Orion. We're actually starting with the launch abort. So so okay. let's, <laughs> let's go back and let's talk about, you know, what is Orion? Sure. What, what are you designing this uh, launch abort system for? Right, so in general, Orion is the crew module that is built. That's going to be built to house our astronauts and take them to low Earth orbit, as well as our deep space missions. So what would that be to the Moon or Mars? Okay. Um. So that's just the capsule itself. I see. Um. The part that I work on is the tower that is attached at the top of the crew module, which mm. is on top of the large space launch system, which is our rocket. Um. So okay. yeah, in total, the rocket plus the crew module plus the abort system is about 330 feet high. Woo! Yeah. Okay. So, so it's, a, it's a big rocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a tall building. That is basically a tall building. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Cool. So yeah. you're. So you. If I'm imagining, so the Orion capsule, right? I, I, if I were to imagine a shape, I'd kind of imagine it mostly like a capsule or like. A, Sort of a rounded trapezoid? Is that a fair? A rounded trapezoid is, is definitely a, fair. Yep, yeah. that's right. So if you're yeah. imagining a rounded trapezoid with the angles inward going, or the the angles on the side going up, you kind of just fit this, you said, tower right on top that, of that's it? That's right, yeah. And, okay. and the Orion design actually calls for a shroud that actually encompasses and goes around the Orion cap or Orion crew module itself. So we have a shroud that covers the capsule itself. Okay, so it's not yeah. just a it's not just the yeah. tower a pole sticking up. You have you're, you're That's actually right. covering the Yeah. Previously the, okay. previously for Apollo and Mercury it was just the tower. I see. But we opted for a shroud instead for better aerodynamics. I was just As about to ask one why, reason. But, okay. Yeah, okay, among very others. cool. All right. Well, yeah. um so Okay, so the idea is that, like you said, the purpose is to safely get the crew away from a speeding rocket or in several different scenarios, right? So what what needs to happen, right? Just in general, talking about the general concept of the launch abort system, it's not just fire a rocket and just go wherever you need to go, right? There's some there's some intricate engineering that goes into That's that. That's right. I call it an abort ballet. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it's definitely... Um, this is one of the, probably one of the hardest things to work on in engineering. Wow. Um, like I said, just because you have to design something that's so robust that's built to work in any contingency failure. So it's kind of like uh, Murphy's Law. You have to assume what can go wrong will, wrong, yeah. will go wrong. You have to but, be the devil's advocate for every exactly, situation. Yeah. Exactly. So for Orion specifically, there's three motors. So let's just uh, think, visualize this in your head. You're okay. going up on the rocket and you're at some altitude, you know, barreling towards space here the mission's fine okay something happens and uh there is a either a software switch or some kind of signal that indicates that there's something wrong with the launch vehicle that gets sent to the flight computer the flight computer says all right we need to escape as soon as that command is sent the abort motor burns it is ignited and it starts burning okay. and that burns for about five seconds and that does the heavy lifting of separating the crew module from the launch vehicle is that is it fair to say that's the most powerful that's right it okay. definitely is yeah, yeah. Okay. the abort motor is um it's completely passive it's not controlled in any way it just fire and go it just separates the crew module from the launch vehicle. so there's no big red abort button in this scenario <laughs> there is right? not it's no automatic. this is, this is it all automatic okay. okay that's right so once we've separated um there's another motor that's on top of the it kind of acts like a very large lever arm at the top of the 30 foot abort tower mm-hmm. and that's the attitude control motor it's 
the most complex motor of the three that are inside uh, in the launch abort system. And the purpose of that one is to literally flip. You're basically doing a front flip in midair of the crew module because if you imagine we just separated, we're facing with the tower pointed forward. In order to deploy the parachutes, we have to go heat shield forward. So we have oh. to do an entire 180-degree reorientation maneuver so that the capsule is falling blunt end first. Whoa. Okay, yeah. so you fire the super powerful rockets to get away from the larger rockets right. that you're on top of, and then you fire more rockets so that you do a front flip That's and right. get oriented. Okay, so yep. it's very complex. Yep, and then once, you're, <laughs> once you are in the orientation that you want for deploying the parachutes, mm -hmm. there's a third motor, the jettison motor, that uh, actually separate now there's another separation of yeah. the launch abort system which you no longer need because it already from the, did the front flip. that's right yeah from the crew module okay yeah cool. so there's three separate motors on the launch abort system that have nothing to do with getting you to space <laughs> yeah it's just to get you away that's from right. this rocket that that's right. uh that uh doesn't i guess is, is not going to take you to space anymore <laughs> yeah. so um so the launch abort system is just a series of motors, a series of rockets, right? The parachutes are completely separate. That's right. Once, once it does that separation, then the parachutes are coming from the capsule yeah. itself. For, yep, exactly. Okay. And depending on how high we are in altitude, the mm -hmm. parachute sequence is no different than what it would be if we were coming back from a mission. Mm -hmm. Say we had a successful mission, we were deploying the parachutes, it goes through that same process, essentially. I see. Yep. Okay, so there has to be a lot of, there has to be a story behind how you got to this, uh, did you say rocket ballet? Is that what you call it? <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> or abort ballet. Abort yeah. ballet. Yeah. yeah, there has to be a story to it. So what, how was, how did launch abort systems come about? What was the initial, you know, design of this of yeah. the system? So obviously it was first conceived when we were thinking about human spaceflight. So back in the 1950s and 60s during the Apollo mission. Okay. Um, so that was first and foremost. We knew that this was a dangerous field, especially back then doing it for the first time. We mm -hmm didn't necessarily expect failures, but we knew that those were a high, um, they, they were high in likelihood. Yeah. So we had to design something to save the crew in the event of one of those emergencies. Um, so that's kind of where it all started. And ever since then, we've, um, every human rated abort vehicle, or I'm sorry, every human rated um, vehicle that goes to space has to have a escape mechanism. And that's that just varies across different um, people who are designing it nice okay so how do, how did they you know what were some of the early designs uh and uh kind of how did you go from those early designs to more modern like what did you learn along the way yeah so all of the early designs and by early designs i'm talking about the early soyuz uh mercury apollo all of those were a tower design okay so however that was conceived that people decided that, that was the way to do it it, <laughs> it made the most engineering sense just something to pull the um pull the capsule away from the launch vehicle that, right. that's failing. Um, so all of those kind of operated the same way. And for all of those systems, they're all passively controlled. Mm -hmm. So they're not actively controlled. So the, the motors are not controlled in any way. They just burn and separate the crew and then dispose of the crew capsule so that it can separate the, uh, deploy the parachutes. Okay. Yeah. So all of those are passively controlled. We've kind of moved, um, into the world of active control. So that's where we are now. Uh, the, like I said, the Orion launch abort motor, uh, launch abort system, sorry, is uh, completely the attitude control motor portion of it that actually steers the abort motor. The front flip. Yep, the front flip <laughs> is controlled. Yeah, you would not be able to do that with a passive system. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's actively controlled. Um, so uh, th for for different rockets, there had to be different designs, right? So the tower design seems to be pretty a pretty good one for yeah. a, f a upward facing rocket. I know something had to change for the shuttle era, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So the shuttle era was a little interesting. Um, 
because it was basically a you know a, a space plane essentially that was attached to the side of an external tank and two solid rocket boosters and unfortunately i don't think we had uh we, d we definitely don't have as great of a co abort capability on the abort or i'm sorry on the space shuttle as we do on orion mm -hmm. kind of one of the main reasons we've shifted back towards the um long monolithic rocket with the capsule on top sure it's just a safer design in general yeah um and most people don't know this but for the space shuttle you could not do an abort from the space shuttle um stack until the solid rocket boosters were completely burned out Oh, Which, so even you had to keep ascending. That's, no that's matter, right. Wow. There was no abort capability until the solid rocket motor, solid rocket boosters um, burned out, which was about two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. So two and a half minutes, that puts you at about, I don't know, 140,000 feet. Wow. Uh, that's basically that's basically halfway up <laughs> to uh, the current abort capability. I mean, yeah. I mentioned earlier, um, the Orion launch port system is capable up to 300,000 feet. So half of that is about 150. Right. So for half of that entire region, you couldn't abort. But now with this system, um, post-space shuttle, we can. There we have go. that abort capability. And your window's that much smaller, right? Because right. you're constantly accelerating up there. So even the window from 150,000 feet to 300,000 feet, right. is, that's Ex a quicker window. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, um, again, that was, that's kind of a side topic. But one of the reasons yeah, we right. went back to the stack monolithic approach got it sure but for our design um th like I, I mentioned this earlier if we don't have an abort that entire abort tower and those all those motors are just jettisoned we don't use them at all uh, so they serve no purpose outside of an abort i see yeah. when are they jettisoned if for, for an orion mission right say say the orion the sls yeah. is on top of is the rocket right space launch system that's the one that we're designing and you put the uh right. orion right on top everything goes according to plan you're in space you're doing your thing at what point is the launch abort systems gonna say uh, I'm not needed anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna detach. Yeah, like it's a it's a little after 300,000 feet, and at that oh, point okay. you could still have an abort. We just wouldn't use the launch abort tower. Mm. Um, we would use the service module. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, that so would, that's the part that if you're looking at the rocket is underneath. That's it. right. Yep. I see. And okay. So we would use that engine for an abort to orbit or something like that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So at that point you are your requirements aren't necessarily come back to the Earth. It's you are high enough that you can abort to orbit. Um, some low Earth orbit, and then, or not lower, but some lower orbit, and then come back. Yeah, it's not like ah, oh, I need to get back right now. That's Let's right. launch and okay, okay. Yeah. So you got some time, and you have to. You're it's different physics, right? Now you're now you're in orbit. Now yeah, you're, yeah. yeah. You, there's yeah, there's no air drag or, or very little rather. Yeah, so you're talking about a whole nother thing. We'll have to do another podcast. <laughs> that's that. that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, very cool. Um, so you know, going back to Orion, we talked a little bit about um, you know. The history of, of launch aborts, it seems like it was just tower and let's just keep improving it. So, you know, what is, we'll get into the weeds a little bit. What are some of the cool things? You mentioned a shroud. Shroud yeah. is one of the things that's different about Orion, but um, what's, what's some of the other parts that are different? Uh, from the heritage technology that we're, the heritage designs that we had in the past, we being NASA, okay. um, the biggest thing is actively controlling this. Um, it's yeah. the front flip. So it is, going back that's, to that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you can call it front flip, that's fine. Um, <laughs> It, the entire system has its own flight computer and flight oh. brain. So that's just, it's one extra level of complexity. Hmm. Um, and like I said, being an engineer on the project, it's really interesting to kind of uh, work on it day in, day out. But there, it, you have to design, you have to over-design everything because you yeah. don't know how this thing is going to be used. So uh, okay. in, the scenario, in the event that we have to use this, it implies that the launch vehicle had exploded, had failed, had broke up. Right. Something was happening that triggered an abort. So you have no idea whether or not you're facing down, facing up, 
falling forward. Oh. It's just you could be at any condition. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about. I don't. I can't, can't even think of a number. You're talking about a lot of different scenarios, That's right. and it yeah. has to work in all of them. That's right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think you may have addressed this before, uh, but I'm, I'm going to come back to it. But you know, th- there's there's a reason that the Orion does this move. Has the active motor. Has the ability to do a front flip. Why did some of the older rockets not need that? Why were they only uh, passive? Uh, so th- some of those engines, they didn't necessarily require a the pitch over portion of the of the abort so they okay. would actually separate and it was kind of pointed in a direction the end en- the engines were pointed in a direction to separate you out and away uh, uh, so no matter what it was going yeah, away. it was going away oh, okay. right yeah so um this is a little more intricate and we have uh, more requirements i for, see yeah. does it have anything to do with the fact that we are talking about escaping from a much larger much bigger rocket oh uh, no not necessarily very cool yeah so um, what are some of the challenges of, of designing an active system? You said, like, there's a lot of computer work that goes into it, but yeah. what are some of the things that you've encountered? Uh, be the, the portion that I told you about, like, designing for Murphy's Law. Oh, it, it's, yeah. You just, we end up using a lot of time to run simulations for all of these contingency scenarios that we would otherwise, you know, it, it's hard to say what will go wrong, so we just design for everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's quite complex to make sure that oh, I have this great idea for design. You put it in, it's like oh, okay, that's great, but it only works in this small region. It has to work for yeah, um, a bunch of different scenarios yeah. that can happen that's right. up to three hundred thousand feet, yeah. right? So you got to think of everything within that space. Yeah, and to take it away from technical, you you'd appreciate this. Yeah. Um, another challenge of working on. A launch abort system. So I've been I've been at NASA full time for over six years now. Okay. And this is kind of the, my main project, and I've I've done some other work on some other vehicles, but the Orion launch abort system has been my main project. So for six years of my full time experience here at NASA, I've worked on something. It's, it's weird to say, but I wor- I'm working on something that I hope never flies, oh, because yeah. if we ever had to use this thing, it implies that, like I said, the launch vehicle. That's something. Some, something we something lost the mission, wrong. and you're putting the crew's life in jeopardy. It's nothing you want to, even if it succeeded, it, yes. the mission's failed, and now we have to figure out what happened on the launch vehicle. Um, so it's never going to be a good day when we have, have to ever use it. So <laughs> any mission that we have in the future, I'm going to be happy that we didn't fly it. But, I mean, what you're saying makes sense because you just said, you, you know, you, you, there's so many different scenarios that could happen. Yeah. So what's the thing that you have control over? Let's just enge- over-engineer it. Let's design for everything. And that's your responsibility. And it's a big one, right? Because yeah. you hope it never flies. And that, it's a, that's a good way of saying it, absolutely, yeah. because that means we're, we're doing everything perfectly. Thumbs up, A-OK. But if it does, then you you know this thing is going to work. That's right, which, yeah. is, which is why I'm really excited for not actually flying this with you humans on board, but pre-planned flight tests where we actually do perform it aboard um, to test all that capability without humans on board. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we actually, before I started, um, we actually did that in 2010. We did a pad abort. So a pad abort is where it's just sitting, replicating it sitting on the pad Uh, and then performing an abort not... while not on top of a launch vehicle. I see. Yeah. Okay. So you just you just set in this scenario you just set the launch abort system on the ground essentially. On the ground. That's right. And just tested to see if it would work at zero. You know. Like yeah. If, if if the rocket was just there sitting, hasn't yep. launched yet, and so yeah. how'd that go? How'd that test? Fantastic go? test. Um, all right. From all the people I've talked to that were there and looking at all the design data after the fact, uh, videos. There's Tons of great videos on um, on the NASA website and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect test. Uh, everything went well, and 
the design's kind of matured a little bit since then, but we kind of still do the same thing where we, it's a great video. You can see that front flip I was talking about <laughs> um, to kind of get a better understanding of what I'm talking about in terms of what's going on. So did, did, was it, uh, going back to, is it, is it just the uh, launch abort system or was there uh, an Orion oh, no, capsule yeah. mock-up? On yeah, it? there was a boilerplate um, Orion capsule under there. Nice. Didn't necessarily have the avionics or anything on there okay. um, or any of the peripherals, like the crew life support system. Yeah. But it was a uh, boilerplate capsule that basically weighed about the same as the crew module would when you put humans on board. Well, makes sense, right? You want to test that section yeah, yeah. and be able I to mean, pull that weight at a certain speed. Yeah, and, yeah. You absolutely, and the crew module weighs about like three hundred or 30,000 pounds. So Ooh, you want okay. to make sure that you're, yeah, you had, that weight is there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something you don't want to just say, ah, yeah, we'll just assume. Yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I have seen that video before, and it is super cool, especially the – the uh, I don't know what if it's called super slow motion, but they do have yep. one where it just it fires and you see those those engines firing and then the screen for a whole second just goes like it goes black a little bit yeah. right so you just see like it, it's so bright that the camera is adjusting its exposure and it's like whoa and it goes bright uh, black for such as just a second and then shoots straight up yeah. it's super cool I know exactly what part you're talking about yeah. and next time you're watching that slow motion. Um, video and while they're going through the pitch over maneuver i'm sorry not the reorientation maneuver where they're actually doing that flip yeah yeah put like ballet or classical music in your head and that's kind of <laughs> why I, I feel like that the abort it's, ballet yeah it's just this thing flying through the air and dun, it's done yeah dun, dun, yeah dun. all right okay. and that's kind of why I, every time i see that video that's what i think in my head but that's Very just me cool awesome yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna definitely. We'll uh, we'll see. Do you know where on the website it is where we can actually point some folks to uh, to go listen to it? And what's the what's the test called? Maybe sure, can that, that's it. that's the easiest way. Um, NASA videos that are on YouTube is the easiest way. It's yeah. uh, Padabort One. Padabort One. Yep. Okay, everyone. And it was in 2010. Okay, Padabort One back in in 2010. That's right. Awesome. So what have you done since uh, 2010? That you said there's been some changes. Uh, there's been some minor changes to. Um, e both the hardware and the software. I see. Um, but ever since I've started, we're gearing up for the next portion of the testing phase, which is actually putting the Orion, some boilerplate Orion capsule, the launch abort system, on a booster, not necessarily the entire rocket, but some booster, mm. s begin an ascent on the booster, and then perform an abort from that oh. uh, flight condition. So doing an abort as opposed to from the pad in in. Um, while the vehicle is moving. A rocket on a rocket. A rocket on a rocket, that's cool. right. Cool. When's that one scheduled for? April 2019 is the current time frame. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you know what kind of rocket you're going to be using? Yeah, it's a. It's just a booster that's being designed by Orbital ATK. I see. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. an abort test booster, just a custom rocket. Custom yeah. rocket yeah. just for this. They're very cool. Yeah, very cool. nothing that's going to take you to space. Um, yeah. yeah. But just because, um, you know, you have to test to actually <laughs> escape right. from right. from a speeding rocket. Right. I can understand that. That's pretty yeah. cool. So that's, that's for me, that is the exciting flight test where I want to see this actually get used and work. And, um, yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so th there's another one, too, right? Are, is there uh, where, you know, the, we'll, we're talking about this in 2019. Is the, is the launch abort system going to be part of uh, EM-1 or EM-2 or anything like that? Anytime there is crew on board, it will absolutely be on there. Crew on board, yes. okay. Yeah, so for EM-1 is currently, or as of recently, not a um, crewed mission. Okay. So yeah. the launch abort system will not be used on that because we have no purpose for using it. I see. Um, but for EM-2, when the crew is on there, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. We will not be flying a crew <laughs> without a, an abort mechanism. Very cool. Just because space flight is hard and you can't design for everything. You just, it's, 
Yeah. We have to make sure that we have um, um, the, the crew safety is top priority in spaceflight. So EM-1, we keep referring to that. I, I try to stay away from acronyms on the show, but sure. we'll go back to it. It's Exploration Mission 1, That's right? right? That's where we're actually going to put Orion on top of the space launch system right. and test out to make sure everything's okay. And that one actually goes to the moon, right? That's right, yeah. It does yeah. a, yeah, it, it's going to circle around the moon and come back. So. Yeah. It's going to go really far past the moon, too, when it circles around. That's right. It's going to yep. be some good imagery. Yeah, yeah so it's, uh, it's ex- it'll be an exciting time for the first time we have uh, some human-rated vehicle going out towards the moon and coming back. Yeah, yep. first time in a long time. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Very awesome. <laughs> yes, I agree. And uh, EM2 is going to be later, but we're actually going to put a crew aboard, and they're going to do sort of the same thing, right? That's they're right. They're going to go around the moon, and uh, yeah, yeah that'll, that'll be a great mission to uh, to, to do. So. Just Orion in general, obviously, you know, you're, when we talk about this, uh, the reason that I'm excited about this episode, just b- besides learning about this really cool technology, a rocket on a rocket, it just sounds so cool, but the idea that each part of the rocket has so much intricate detail that needs to be paid attention to, yeah. you know, you're talking about the launch abort system, Orion service module, all these different parts have to come together just right to make the whole thing. So, you know, what are some of the the challenges for for Orion for for the capsule but also the whole system the whole idea of uh, space launch system and, and uh, going farther and deeper into space than uh, ever before yeah you kind of as you were listing all those things in my head I'm thinking about who are our partners mm. through uh, in the design process for building the, some of this hardware and that's probably the most challenging thing like the service modules being built by the European Space Agency. The crew module's being built here, but Lockheed has um, is the primary contractor. The abort motor engines are being built by Orbital ATK. So there's all of these people that are spread out all across the globe, really, yeah, um, yeah. that are helping to build portions of the space launch system. Um, and even if they are here in the United States, they're spread across the United States. So right. that's one of the biggest challenges, and I deal with this every single day, is dealing with and working with people remotely. Um, and trying to break those barriers to you know having efficient dialogue on a day-to-day basis so because you're all designing stuff for this this one idea right for for a rocket that's going to go into deep space so you got to make sure you're talking and got to make sure everyone is on board for what's happening absolutely yeah Yeah, it makes a lot of sense awesome wow this was such such a cool cool topic is there anything else about launch abort system that i may be missing or something something that we can go dive deeper into uh we could uh, so i think we touched upon some of the interesting um aspects a bit technically okay uh, I guess I can leave you with one little story about um, so historical testing okay uh, just because I find this one fascinating oh yeah uh, so for the uh, we're, we're doing our ass and abort test like I said in 2019 right um, we also did ass and abort tests in um, for the Apollo era missions so this test is going to be very similar to that so we designed some custom booster in the 1960s to test the launch abort system okay so when we were actually going out there for that test it was i think 1966 the booster fired so now you're ascending through the atmosphere mm-hmm. and at some flight condition the uh, the launch abort motor was going to be triggered to test the entire hardware mm-hmm. what actually happened was that something happened with the test booster during the design portion or the manufacturing portion and the rate gyros were instrumented incorrectly upside down or something oh so the the booster as soon as it launched started spinning and it started spinning faster and faster and faster. Whoa. So instead of triggering an abort at some designated altitude, we actually had a real abort on an abort <laughs> test because the launch vehicle actually ended up breaking apart. 
How about that? Yeah, so that, that is the best test that you can actually have for this flight system. So, so it worked, right? It, it, was, it absolutely worked, yeah. Because it did its job. That's it, right. The rocket did something crazy. Exactly. And it did its job. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that's like another example of that was not the intent of that test. The intent was not to actually replicate a launch vehicle failure, but that's what we got. <sighs> and the system performed admirably. Wow. Yeah, I so love that story. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I hope that that doesn't happen for uh, ass and abort test two. Um, but the one that we have. Hey, well, yeah, if you're so. over engineering it to do with, you know, any situation, you know, you should be good to go. Yeah. I think, I think, I think you'll be fine. And, and that one actually is, uh, there's a great video of that as well on YouTube. Um, that's, Ooh. that's the little Joe booster, um, Apollo abort test. Little Joe. All right. I'm going to yeah. mention that again. Uh, once we little Joe booster Apollo, yeah. that's amazing. So cool. All right, Wahab, this was so cool. Thank you so much for coming on the uh, show for our listeners. If you uh, if you want to stay tuned to After the Music, we're going to tell you, uh, we'll, we'll reference some of the uh, uh, videos that Wahab shared with, uh, with us today. Uh, so you can go watch them, but a little bit more on how you can ask questions and uh, be a part of this conversation. So Wahab, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure as well. Hey, thanks for sticking around. So today we talked with Wahab al-Shaheen about uh, launch abort systems, literally rockets on top of rockets. Super cool. If you want to know the latest updates of what's going on in that world, uh, Wahab actually works on the Orion program. So if you go to nasa.gov slash Orion, you can see all the latest updates there. They're also very active on social media, and we like to cover it on several accounts. You can go to the NASA Johnson Space Center accounts or the Orion accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't worry, they're all verified, so they're very easy to find. Uh, just use the hashtag AskNASA or hashtag HWAP, H-W-H-A-P, on your favorite platform and uh, submit an idea or maybe you have a question about uh, Launch Abort Systems or Orion, and we'll make sure to address it on one of the later podcasts here. This podcast was recorded on July 12, 2017. Thanks to Alex Perryman and John Stoll. And thanks again to Mr. Wahab al-Shaheen for coming on the show. We'll be back next week. <laughs>